We're starting a, a new series. We're looking at uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians is a great book. It's full of uh, encouragement. Wherever, every time you look on a page, God says so much encouragement to you. But there's a wee teeny little bit in Philippians that's a bit awkward. You know what I mean? It's like you're walking in a situation. And that's what we're looking at today. So of all the good bits, I end up with a duff bit. So, um, but it's a good bit because God is good. I... I um, when I, when I came here, on, on, uh, I came here initially to meet the leaders, and I met, I met uh, some of the new leaders at, at the time, but there was two leaders away, Colin and Ian were away, so, um, so we decided what would be good, a good way for me to meet them would be if they came to, to the church where I was at previous to here to come in and see me preach, which I thought was a fantastic idea. Until I looked and saw the subject I'd been given to preach that Sunday, I was basically given the longest list of names in Nehemiah that were the most unpronounceable names ever. And I remember looking at it going, I've got to preach off this. I don't know if you remember the scene, but I was sitting going, why can't you give me a nice, easy passage? You know what I mean? Because the other ministers all knew what was happening. They thought it was hysterical. So, uh, yeah, let's see you get that job. So I was like, no. Uh, we got a little bit of that in the passage today because there's a couple of names there that are a little bit difficult to say. Okay, so I expect you to cheer and whoop if I get them right and to shake your head in disappointment if it doesn't go anywhere near that. So we're looking at Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to look at, uh, start from verse 1. Oh, and nearly one, let me hit the play button. Here we go. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with you, Ioda, and I plead with you, Sintichi, to be of the same mind and in the Lord. Close, wasn't it? <laughs> we'll go with that one. Yes, and I, I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have, uh, have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of the co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. There's a, a program on TV, uh, on, on English TV, called uh, Keeping Up the Peer Appearances. You know that one, Mrs. Bouquet? So I love that. I, lo I love the fact of, well, I always look at them thinking, this reminds me of my, my father, my mother and father-in-law. You know what I mean? I, I feel it's a little bit like that. She's my wife in. Uh, but it can be a little bit like that with the relationship. But, but isn't it true in all our lives that we have this sort of, um, we put this front on and sometimes it isn't true what's going on in your life. I don't know if you, like if someone phones up and it's like all hell's breaking loose in the house, you know what I mean? You've got two kids fighting, things getting thrown and people screaming, you shout, everyone be quiet! Everyone goes quiet and go, hi, Steve here, can I help? <laughs> so, uh, it could be like, we, we've got a sign in a house. Have I got, did I put it up in this one? Oh, I haven't put it in this one. I'll go back. We've got a sign in, on our house that says, um, um, oh, how's it go? It goes, um, oh, it's gone completely. Um, no, I forgot. There's something like along the lines of, do you remember it? Exactly. <laughs> Let's keep up the appearance. If anyone asks, we're just a normal family. But you know, it's, but in all our lives, there is times when it isn't normal. There is times 
when we fall out, there is times when things aren't right, isn't there? We come here on a Sunday and it's like, oh, we're, we're good, we're good, God's good, everything's fine. But sometimes actually what's going on in our lives is our, our hearts break and things are falling out. You sat with someone and you're thinking, I don't, I don't even want to look at you at the moment because we are not talking. So uh, we're like that, aren't we? But God really wants to, to move and work in our life. Here we find there's a conflict in, in the church. I mean, as you see, we've got all these great things going on. Three chapters of wonderful things, but we get to chapter four. And it's how, how it always happens. If you're ever, if you do any pastoral work, you know how it goes. You can go and speak to someone. You get 45 minutes of the conversation. People going, it's great. Let's chit-chat, chit-chat, chit-chat. And they're about to leave and they go, oh, by the way, this is going on. You think... Why didn't you say that at the start? We could have an hour addressing and talking about this, but now you want to leave and I can't let you go because we need to speak about this. This is the issue that's going on in Philippians. There's these two women who have fallen out and the passage looks at how we can handle conflict. So we're going to have a a good look at it. Um, (laughs) I've got four points, but I've got sub-points, Okay. So that gives you a little bit of encouragement, because if you take into account, I think we're up to about 15 points. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep it going. So don't look like that. It'll go much quicker, we hope. So, uh, so point one, let's have a look what we've got. And watch the graphics. Get it, it good. Paul's praise. Um, he, this is where, 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 where Paul starts. He doesn't start by sort of nailing the problem. He doesn't start going, oh, by the way, you two need to cut it out and get a grip. He doesn't start like that. He actually starts by, by, by building it up. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy, my crown. He, he builds them up. He, 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 he wants them to know that they're loved. He wants them to, to know um, that there's, that there's, there's this connection, there's something better to come. If you look at the connection actually between chapter 3 and chapter 4, chapter 3 is talking about, I mean, looking at heaven and then get to chapter 4 and it's like, what's going wrong here on earth? It's, it's, it sort of almost crashes in. In fact, in, in your Bibles, it, it, even the... even the guy who's put in the, the, the breaks, the chapters and the verses, it, 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 it doesn't really sort of start. It feels like chapter 4 should start in verse 2 rather than verse 1 if you look at it in your Bibles. It's sort of, there's a gap, isn't there? It sort of crashes in. This, this thing between heaven and between earth. You know I mean, heaven's going to be great. We're all going to be perfect. We're going to live in unity in heaven. But here on earth, my goodness, it's hard work, isn't it? It would be a lot easier if you're all just like me. Well, maybe not. <laughs> so, no, don't speak to Rachel. <laughs> How's it go, Daniel? <laughs> so, you see, uh, uh, the the problem is that you know I mean that that as, as you come to Paul's praise, as he looks at this, he has to sort of pick up, and he sort of picks up by pulling a few things out so people get to know where they come from. The first one is he says. Uh, that, 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 that we're family, that we, we're, we're family, we, we belong together. We, we miss this whole family thing. Well, maybe it's just me, actually. I wonder, actually, how many people here experience the family thing because my, my family, where we come from, um, is, in fact, as far as we can trace back, uh, my family was, was, was 
from one part of Scotland, from one village in Scotland. I was born in the same hospital as my mother, um, the same hospital as my grandfather, the same hospital, imagine that, that he was in the same town that we can go back and back. Um, my children were the first not to be born in that part of Scotland. We, don't, we didn't live in the same time. I, I, I sit and look at my family. My family, have had, it's been a big celebration in our village this weekend. It's what we call our common round where we check to make sure that the English haven't invaded. So we, we get uh, people on horses, about five, six hundred horses, check the village just to go round. The great thing is now, most of the people on the horses are English. I was like, that's fantastic. We're taking over. And then we check the border and we have this, uh, we have this sad dance. They, they take a flag and they do this, this flag dance, which is really sad because um, why, why we checked the, bo- the, the borders and um, we all went to war with the English at one point and only one man came back and he came back to tell that everyone had been lost but the battle had been won and so it nearly wiped our village out but we managed to get through and so we celebrate every year since waving flags and riding horses and we still love the English that's all we say but, uh, but we're, we're family, that's where my family are from. And so this weekend, those who live there, they live there, um, you know I mean, my cousins and my aunts and uncles, and my, uh, my grandparents aren't out there around anymore, but they all lived in the same village. When something goes wrong, they can nip next door. You know what I mean? They, they all went to um, the Proclaimers concert last night. So wanted to be home. You know what I mean? They, 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 they're there. They're, they're able to care for each other. The last time I went, uh, I went back for a celebration is my, my little cousin got married, Karen. And uh, it was just fantastic to be together. But a year after that, her husband died in a car crash, which was tragic. But then the family were close by to hold and care for and love. We are meant to be in that sort of relationship. That's why church is here. We are here as family to care, to be there with one another. Why we got the question up? I mean, is that your experience? Who, who was born around here and still live here? Whose parents are in the same town or were in the same town? Cousins, aunts, uncles around here. I'll, I'll give you Stroud area things, but somewhere in Gloucestershire. So we've got one, one, two, three, four... Five, that's, that's really good. But if you look around, there's a lot more of us who've scattered and come from a... But it was never that way. You know what I mean? People used to always come from the same place, but now we're a bit scattered. And we've lost that sense of being there for one another. And that's what church is about. We, we are there. We are family. When our hearts break in, this is where we turn. And, and when it comes to conflict, this is where it needs to be dealt with. So, Paul brings it up that they are family. Second thing, that he loves them. That he loves them. He says, my beloved family, whom I long to see. The same word here is dear friends at the end of the verse. The whole theme through this letter is these are people that he dearly cares about and loves. I wrote this down. It says, the secret to life is that it's meant to be shared. The secret to life, life is meant to be shared. If you want the best from life, you need to learn to share it. Share your hearts. He longs for them. 
The word means greatly desired. In verse, uh, even at the start of the chapter, in verse, uh, verse 8, he says, chapter 1, verse 8, he says, God can testify, can testify how I long for all of you, that you were you with the affection of Christ Jesus. It's like, Paul's put it, it's like family at Christmas time, you know what I mean? You know, you just don't want to be anywhere but with family at Christmas, do you? And if you ever had to work away or, or be on a shift or do something, it's your lungs at your heart that you want to be there with, with the people that you love and, and to be there. And that's, that's what he says here. I long for you. I want to be there with you. I want to, want to hold your hand. I want to be there in the tough time. The other thing he says is, is that they are his joy. Paul rejoices over them. Philippians 1, 4 says, In my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. It's, it's like, um, his, 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 it almost feels like he's, he's a dad, that he, he longs to the joy that he has. I used to run a football team, and I used to love watching the kids score. Not because when the kids score, but to see the reactions in the parents. You know what I mean? I, I, I can remember there was one boy who was, was 12. He used to play at the back. But he got, suddenly got better, so we started to shove him forward. He got to midfield one day. He'd never scored a goal for the team. And, uh, and the ball got crossed over. And I don't know if he meant it or not. I'm, I'm assuming he did, but he managed to hit his head and go in the goal. You know what I mean? And I looked across. I mean, the, the child was like, why? It was like, just a why? He didn't go nuts. Why? But dad, you know, I'm surprised he didn't have his shirt off, spinning around here on his knees. He was like, he was over the moon. It took him, to, we had to wait a minute or two for him to calm down before we could kick, kick, the, kick off. He was like, well excited. This is what Paul's like. He's excited for them. He's like that, that father. Last thing he says, he says that they are his reward, or, or in some version it says crown. Paul's pursuit goal, the goal was seeing Christ, but his crown was the Philippians. His reward was seeing them in glory. Thessalonians says this, it says, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will have glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not, is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Paul's joy was to see these people, this family, this group of people, being with him in heaven. Now Paul has uh, shared his love, his praise for the Philippines. Now he comes and he wants to make his, his point, his praise. Oh, I love it. His point. Um, this is how you should stand firm in the Lord Jesus, dear friends. This is how you should stand firm against, against false teachers, against persecution, against fear, against division. This church is being ripped apart on the outside. It's like, of all the pressures at this time, it's like the church is under so much pressure on the outside. The, the, the church is being persecuted. You've got false teachers coming in teaching crazy things, and it's trying to defend against them. And the last thing it needs is something from within to go wrong because there's so much from out that's going wrong so he's saying stand firm you've got to stand firm for this for goodness sake what's going 
going on? Does it really matter that much when there's so much outside? You need to be one. You need to be together. Philippians 1, again, at the start of the chapter, this is where he's leading towards. He says, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whenever I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is how you should conduct yourself. And And speaking of conducting yourself, there's a problem that we need to to look at to be resolved. And Paul turns to the theme of unity. This is a time, it's personal, it's practical. Paul says his plea, boom. It it, it doesn't drop as it does in this one. You you need to all pull in and see what's happening on the iPad. It's much better. Uh, Paul's plea. um, With these two people... Uh, Iyoda, I plead with uh, Sintichi to agree with each other in the Lord. I love this. Because you know what happens with these letters, don't you? These, these letters aren't just really for the church. They get re- read around the region as well. So these two people who's had a little fallen out, it is now plastered everywhere. You know what I mean? There's a letter come in. Imagine if you two, two of you had a fallout and I wrote you a letter, okay? And it's going to get read out at a church meeting, okay? And not only at the church meeting, we're going to take it to the Baptist Union. Not only the Baptist Union, we're going to print it in the newspaper. Not only in the newspaper, it's going to go in on the web and it's going to go across the world. It's a bit, a bit like that. This, this, these, these two people who have fallen out get a letter from Paul mentioned by name, so they'll be horrified, imagine. Not only that, it ends up in the Bible that's going to get read, read around the world for thousands of years. People going, how do you say those names? You know what I mean? Who are You imagine when they bump into us to heaven, they go, oh, hi, uh, I'm, I, I'm Yoda. Yoda? Ah! <laughs> oh, I know about you falling out with uh, Sintichi. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, these people are famous because of their fallout. I plead with you. I plead with you. If it is possible, if it is possible, let's solve this. We don't know. We don't hear. It doesn't mention the argument that they've fallen out of. I hope it's petty. You know what I mean? I hope it's like, you know I had milk in the coffee. Why did you serve me black? You know what I mean? I don't know what the argument is, but I hope it's petty. But whatever it is, it's ripping the church to bits. And we see it, don't we? I've seen it in many churches that I've been part of. We had a church where I first, first started in ministry. There was a, two guys who'd gone into business, best pals, started up a business. The business was fantastic. It had really taken off. And they were, so you can't think of anything better than two best friends starting a business and it going so well and then something went wrong in their relationship and they fell out and not only did they fall out it meant that it affected them at the work and it caused their business to fail and when it failed they had to sell it and then they had to sell it to agree a price and it was just messy 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 but yet they were still within the church can you imagine how awkward it was around them that's what this is going on here. There's something awkward around that you, you can't tell, you can't do. So Paul comes up with um, suggestions, a sort of practical way 
of, of, of to do it. So Paul's plea is quite practical. Practical unity. Agree with each other in the Lord. Be of the same mind. Live in harmony. He mentions this 11 times in Philippians. 11 times he says, you've got to agree. Put into practice what I've told you. That's earlier. Humble yourselves. Put others first. This isn't the only church that's struggling in this area. Corinthians is also struggling. This is what he writes to them. He says, Appeal to you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that, that you all of you agree with one another so that there may be no division among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. It's one thing to preach unity, but it's a completely other thing to actually put it into practice. If we believe that God is the creator of the heaven and earth, and we, we cannot exploit his creation in a way that dishonors him. If we believe in the forgiveness of sins through the death of Jesus Christ, then we cannot refuse to then we cannot refuse to forgive the sins of others. If we believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting, then we cannot grieve over death if, it, if we have no hope. But especially in the light of this passage, if we believe in the holy universal church and the communion of the saints, then with relationships within the church are broken, we must work for the reconciliation. It should be unthinkable to confess our faith, but to refuse to associate with your brothers and sisters across the aisle. The phrase is mentioned six times in this letter alone. The truth is they will never find real practical unity apart from abiding in the Lord. He doesn't, doesn't just stop with the woman and say, solve it. He also then calls in someone else, doesn't he? Um, yes, and I ask you, oh, look in my old Bible, not the one I read from initially, it says this. I ask you, loyal yoke fellow. You ever heard of a yoke fellow? A co-worker is probably be the, the, the nearest that we come to. I ask you, the, you, you who, who worked along me, step in, help. They need personal intervention. They need a mediator to solve what's going on. Help these women who have struggled together in the, in the cause of the, of the gospel. Paul wants it to be solved. If it can't be solved by these two, bring in a third party to try and fix it, to get it right. It's obviously not just affecting these two women. It's affecting the whole, the whole church. And we know what it's like, don't we? I was at a party. I went to get the drinks, which took me a little while because it was a, a, a busy bar. And when I came back with the drinks and I put them on the table, you could have cut the atmosphere with a knife. And you know where you're thinking, oh, have I said something? Have I done something? And everyone sat there miserable. And there'd been an argument bro broken out as I'd gone to get drinks. And by the time I came back, no one was speaking to each other. There were just people there crying and whimpering. And I was like, was it me? <laughs> and it was like, no, it was something that has been said. And it had to be solved. If it's not solved, then it wrecks the whole evening, doesn't it? The whole atmosphere in a church can be wrecked, 
can be destroyed. We could be doing great work. We could be reaching the lost. We could be, be changing the world. We could be bringing heaven to earth. And yet we could be destroying each other in here because there's something not right between us. It's important that we, we fix things. It's important that relationships are restored. And Paul realizes the importance of this. But he says, look, help someone step in and get this right. So we've got Paul's praise, Paul's point, Paul's plea. And then the last thing is putting it into practice. And we've got five minutes and I've got 15 points. So you ready? The ABCs of unity. So are you, are you ready for this? We'll whiz through them. First one, admit the problem. If someone winds you up, Sometimes the best thing is to say, you're winding me up, isn't it? You, you notice this when you, you, when you first get married. You know what I mean? You try to be polite. You try to be nice. But, but you know I mean? by the 10th year, you just tell them straight, you know, you don't do that. That just drives me nuts. So uh, please, please, if you're going to use a knife and fork, please don't stab it so hard it screeches on the plate. You know what I mean? Please. Do we have to have the TV so loud? Do I have to have the TV? I, I, I don't know what's, what's, what's your thing, but admit there's a problem. Um, I, I have a, a group of friends, and they go out for curry. Um, and there was one guy in the group who just didn't get on with me. And I, I, mean, I really liked him. He didn't like me. And so for the case, sake of unity, I just thought, well, it's not the end of the world. I just won't go. Um, which was, was a bit sad, but it was okay. So other times I'd go, and other times he'd go. But uh, I'd rather did that than go there and have an atmosphere and fall out with everyone. We could never sort of fix it, because we didn't really know what was wrong. I think I just wound him up. I think he was just wrong. <laughs> Sometimes you need to admit, admit the problem. Honesty is the key, really. Second thing, begin with praise. Begin with praise. That's what Paul does. There's lots of things that are good about people. Sometimes it's so easy to see the bad in people, isn't it? Sometimes you can find people's faults, really simple. But to find people's good points is good. The guy who I used to work with in the, in the last church, he was brilliant. He always, when he spoke to you, he always had two good points and one negative. And we all knew how he works. I was always like, get through the good point. Let's just get to what the issue is. And he's like, Steve, you're really good at this. I'm thinking, yeah, 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 get on with it. And you're really good at this. Come on, just tell me what's wrong. But this, this, you can't say this. I think, there we go. But uh, you always felt built up. And that, that's what, what Paul does doesn't just focus on the negative. He, he, he tells you, listen, what is good? What is good? What is good in this person? If someone winds you up, it, you know I mean, if you fall out with someone, write down what's good about them. What do you like about them? What's admirable about them? Begin with praise. Confront in love. Confront in love. If someone has, has done something to you, someone who's hurt you, then confront in love. Do you understand what that means? That means we're going to deal with this issue, but we're going to deal with it in a way that is right but loving. We're going to talk about it like a couple would, but we're going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it so we get the best out of it because I love you. I want to restore this. Confront in love. 
demonstrate compassion. Sometimes we just just need to. I used to when I was at Bible College. There was a woman who taught a counselling rubbish. Okay, it was the worst stuff. Ever. I mean, it was all about, she called it an inner beauty course. I, I honestly, I had no idea what she was talking about most of the week. I used to, I, on every hour, we had an hour a week, and I used to go, honestly, I'd rather have two fake than, than go to the lesson. And I'd go along, and I'd drag my feet, and, uh, and, and we had an examiner at the end of the year, thinking, oh my goodness. And, the, and she said, there's a prize. The best student will teach this course with me the following year. I'm thinking, Wow, that's a prize. I don't want to win. So, um, and, and so, so you know what I mean? She's like, um, it was all about, you know what I mean? How to, how to reach people and, and teach people and love people and, and show compassion and care. And, and uh, so, so basically, when it came to the exam, it said, uh, this person's got this wrong with them. And I thought, I've got no idea how to deal with that. So I'd put, she needs Jesus. And then I put about six verses down. And, uh, and the next question was like, this, this guy's got this wrong with him. Yep, he needs Jesus. And I put the same six verses down. And uh, when it came to, the, to, the, to, to when I got, got my marks back, I came top of the class. <laughs> I was like, why did I come top of the class? She says, well, we gave a point for every scripture you used. She said, you used the same scriptures over and over, but we still gave you a point for everyone. And she says, and, and the basic counseling, they need Jesus. Well, that's true. Well, everybody needs Jesus. I mean, please tell me I'm not now teaching this course next year. She went, yes, you are. I was thinking, I'm changing Bible colleges is what I'm thinking. So demonstrate compassion. You know, the, the, the thing is, we don't know what's going on in people's lives. Do we? Sometimes we can be annoyed and, and irritated by someone, but that person's going through hell. You know I mean, sometimes someone's lost someone and they're lashing out, and you're the person that got lashed out at. And, and only when you sit down and see and hear and talk and, and confront and talk about love that you realize, actually, this person needs to be cared for. And what they've done, I understand. Demonstrate compassion. Encourage each other. Do you notice they're all A, B, C, D? You wait till I get to Z. You'll be well impressed. So uh, <laughs> encourage each other. Go out your way to build up. If someone's winding you up, go out your way to encourage them and build up. It makes a world of difference. Hebrews 3 says this, But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin and deceitfulness. If we truly care about each other in the church, about our reputation in Christ, then we'll practice unity by working through conflicts together. F. If you can't fix it, bring someone in to help you fix it. Bring someone in who'll see it from, from a, a, a different angle, who'll be able to sit down and understand each side, who, who could maybe bring it to an end. There's nothing worse than trying to muddle through something if it isn't working. You're just getting more and more uh, into a spiral that you're starting to, to hate and, and shout at each other. Bring someone in to, to see it from a different angle. Put it into practice. Right, you ready for uh, F, G? 
<laughs> Ready? There is no G. We're going to end it there. <laughs> we could have gone all the way through the alphabet. Um, you know what I mean? S, take a sledgehammer, T. Um, no. Here, here is the thing. Here is the heart. Things go wrong. Our relationships do go wrong. The secret to it is to get them fixed when they go wrong. To speak about it. To, to, to get people there to help. Paul starts with praise. He takes it to the point. He has his plea, fix this. And he says, you know what I mean? We've got to put these things into practice. It's easy to talk about a, a good Christian life, but it's hard to live it, isn't it? And that's what Christianity is about. We're going to sing in a second, but I just want us to, to respond quickly to this. Is there someone that you've fallen out with? Is, is there a conflict that you've not dealt with? It, you know what I mean? When we're talking about unity, is there some relationship that's gone wrong that you need to fix? I'm not going to stand up and have a confession time where you come down to the front and tell us what's going on. It's not like that. I just would like you to say, I know there's something I need to fix. And, I, and then I'm going to pray and ask God, forgive us that opportunity at some point to put something right. So just, let's just be quiet for a sec. But if God is speaking to you, is there someone that comes to your mind, a relationship that you need to solve to put right, then I'd like you to, to respond by standing. So Father, in the quiet, I pray by your Holy Spirit that you touch our hearts. Bring a name to our, to our mind if there's something that we need to solve to fix. So we open ourselves to your spirit. Come and move amongst us, we pray. In your name, amen. So if there's someone come to mind that you need to respond to today, I invite you to stand. Something right. Um, give us the, the strength and humility uh, to approach, but to approach in a good way to fix things. Give us understanding and wisdom, we pray. But may we uh, live and be people who put this stuff into practice, that we live in unity. For I ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. And